Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and you're listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? And wow, do we have a lot to cover today. Um, In this podcast, we're going to talk a lot about the U.S. Open. Actually, we're only going to talk about the U.S. Open because there has been so much stuff that has happened at the U.S. Open. And I want to start off with probably the hottest topic um, around the world in sports right now. One of the hottest topics in sports is trending on Twitter, all over the news, everything. Novak Djokovic defaults from the U.S. Open. Now, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably seen the video by now, and you've probably started to form your own opinion. But I just want to share my initial thought when I saw this happen. I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> um, now, I hate to say that because um, the poor lady who got hit in the throat really is getting a lot of heck for this. And, um, you know, now it's becoming, are you on his side or her side? And, you know, this poor lady is just trying to do her job and gets decked by a ball. I get it, right? But in the grand scheme of things, if you've seen Denis Shapovalov's, um, Shapovalov, if some people pronounce it, if you've seen him hit that judge, this is nothing compared to what, like, to how Denis Shapovalov hit the judge at the Davis Cup. But nevertheless, rules are rules, and I get that he had to be, you know, defaulted, and they forced him to default because of the rules. And this is the statement um, that the U.S. Open sent out. Um, they said, following accordance with the Grand Slam rulebook, following his actions of intentionally hitting a ball dangerously or recklessly within the court, or hitting a ball with negligence or with negligent disregard of the consequences, the U.S. Open tournament referee defaulted Novak Djokovic from the 2020 U.S. Open. Um, Because he was defaulted, Djokovic will lose all ranking points earned at the U.S. Open and will be fined the prize money won at the tournament in addition to any or all fines levied with respect to the offending incident. Now, I get the rules, and I get why he had to be defaulted. You know, he, he he hit the judge... Um, from what I've heard, it's because she had to leave um, because of because of the ball hit, right? Because it hit her in the throat, not a good place to be hit, um, is why he had to be defaulted. But let me just put my two cents in. One, a lot of these people are making a huge deal out of this incident. I don't think it's a big deal on Novak's part, right? If you look at where the line judge was, he was hitting the ball back toward the ball boy, Right? The, or the ball person was going to be there anyway. So he, he wasn't hitting it miscellaneously, just r- rockets it back at, you know, a line judge that was near nobody. So he was hitting it in the right direction. Obviously, he hit it a little too hard, and his aim was perfect almost that he hit, that he hit this um, lines judge in the throat. But nevertheless, it wasn't that bad of an incident. A lot of people are making a huge deal out of it, like, oh, he intentionally tried to hit this lady, and now he's the biggest jerk in the world. No, like, he obviously didn't intentionally try to hit her. He obviously was hitting it in the right direction. He obviously hit it too hard, but nevertheless, nothing about this was intentional. It was a freak accident, and it sucks that he had to be out of the U.S. Open. As a fan of the U.S. Open, I'm not the biggest Djokovic fan. I don't hate him, though. Like, I, I respect his game. I actually think he's a decent dude, unlike a lot, something a lot of people in the world. Um, but nevertheless, like 
I don't want him out of the U.S. Open. He's the number one player in the world. He's won like 23 or 24 straight, something like that. He was going to win this match. He was going to make it into the quarters, the semis, probably the finals, and he was probably going to win this thing. And now this is stealing a grand slam from him. Now I get that, you know, Rafa's not playing in it, so, you know, it's going to even out because none of the big three are playing in this. I get it. But he was going to win this tournament. And I was looking forward to it. He deserves to win this tournament. He's the best player in the world. If you're the best player in the world, you deserve to win. Um, and it just sucks that something like this is going to take him out of the tournament. Now, I'm not arguing with the call. I, I think the call was proper. And I think if something like this happens to any other player, they would do this. And so I think setting an example-wise on the ATP Tour... This is exactly what they needed to do. They needed to follow protocol properly, especially during COVID times when protocols really need to be followed on the other end of it, which is safety. Um, but they need to follow protocol properly. They need to follow what the rule book says, no matter who the player is. Now, Nick Kyrgios tweeted something like, if this was me, how much would I be fined and suspended? You know, may maybe more just because he has a history of it, but Novak has a little history of it as well. So... This is something that is going to echo in the tennis world for years to come. And players are really going to second guess how they do things on the court because he got suspended. Yeah, or not suspended. He got defaulted. Yeah, there has been, you know, times where players get a point or two. Yeah, there has been a time where people have got a game, um, you know, docked off because they've done stupid stuff. But this, in a grand slam, you're, you're literally playing for $3 million and a grand slam. And you get kicked out because of this one incident. That's all I'm going to say on the Novak Djokovic incident. Um, one thing I do want to say is this will, this will be the first Grand Slam quarterfinal round without any member of the Big Three since 2004. What a feature, huh? What a sport to be a part of. This is going to be the first time since 2004 not one of Roger, Rafa, or Novak will be in a, a quarterfinal. Unbelievable. Now, let's talk about the actual people who are playing in the U.S. Open. Now, this podcast is going to come out, you know, the morning before all these matches play. So, by the time you're listening to this podcast, if you don't listen to it right away, good chances some of these matches are going to be played already. But, nevertheless, I'm going to spit some fire here and tell you what I think of the quarterfinals. Karina Busta and Denis Shapovalov. Denis Shapovalov. Shapo has been playing unreal in this U.S. Open. So smooth. This is the potential he can play at. And it's really good to see him actually playing at his full potential. He won a five-setter the other day. Um, and he said he's feeling good. He'll do anything to win. So the first Canadian, I believe, to make the quarterfinals of a major since the Open era. I believe that's true. I checked, I, I didn't fact-check it, but I did see it um, on the ATP Tour. Um, so... Next match, Chorich and Zverev. What a tournament Borna Chorich has had. Uh, Alexander Zverev hasn't been challenged the way I would like to see him challenged in the early on, um, early goings of this tournament. But nevertheless, he has played really well. And this is going to be another really interesting match. The Russians, Adri Rublev and Daniil Medvedev. Really excited for this match. If you look back, Medvedev's my pick to win it, so I'm obviously rooting for Medvedev. Um, but this will be a really interesting match, and these two really go at it, and they have a really dense history of playing each other um, in years past because they're both from Russia, and they both played on the juniors together. So, But Medvedev, saw him in an ESPN interview last night, really digging that guy. He's playing, he's playing really well. Um, if the fans were there, I think the fans would really love him. He's really matured into his role on this tour. The three seed from Russia, I'm still rooting for him. Uh, 
Alex Dimonor. He's played really well this tournament as well. Last year, he played really well at the U.S. Open. This year, he's playing really well at the U.S. Open. But he's going to be playing Dominic Team, And Dominic Team. this kind of on his shoulders now. You know, like this is this is his tournament to win. Him and Medvedev and Sverev. Um, those are kind of the three everybody's really looking at to win this tournament now. Obviously, one of my picks, Medvedev, still in it. Not a big deal. Um, but if you look at Dominic Team, he's playing really well. He's playing really confident. Um, he just beat uh, Felix Ogier Aliassim and kind of made him out of quick work, three sets. And so really interested to see who comes out and wins this thing because there isn't a Grand Slam winner left on the men's side. Nobody on the men's side right now has won a Grand Slam. So there's going to be a new Grand Slam winner. So, you know, hopefully it's my guy, but I wouldn't mind seeing it be any of these guys because I like all of these guys. They're all good players that really need a breakout. And um, good for them to all make it this far. And I really hope, um, you know, one of these younger players, which they're all pretty young, wins this tournament. Um, let's look at, that's the men's side. Let's look at the women's side just real quick. Um, Serena got past a couple really tough mat matches. Uh, Jen Brady, though, really impressed with that American. Jennifer Brady, she's played really well. Putintseva has also played really well. I watched her play last year at the US Open. She's a spitfire. God, she can play tennis. She's really good. Osaka, my pick to win the U.S. Open, still in. Not a big deal. I'm not saying that I know things, but Medvedev in the quarters, still in the tournament. Osaka still in the quarters, still in the tournament. Both my picks to win the U.S. Open. Now, I don't want to get overconfident. This is not me getting overconfident. But I hope they both really do well. against Shelby Rogers, the American. She's also playing really, really well in this tournament. Uh, Parankova and Serena Williams will go at it. Parankova. Also a mom. There's three moms left in this tournament. That is something amazing. I, I love that about this sport. You know, have a kid, you can still come back and play at a high level. And there's such strong women who play in the sport of tennis. So congratulations to all three women. Serena Williams, Parankova, they'll play in the quarters. Azarenka and Elise Mertens will be the last quarterfinal matchup today. Elise Mertens, obviously uh, 2019 doubles champion with Sabalenka. I actually got a snap memory today that I was helping set up their celebration after their match of the um, their doubles championship. And she actually played as Arinka and Ash Barty, I believe, in that doubles championship. So that's going to be a nice little rematch on the single side. There's a lot of good tennis left to be played here at the U.S. Open, but there's a lot of good tennis that has been played. Let me talk about one match that really sticks out for this U.S. Open. Last year, it was Monfils and Shapovalov. This year, it's Borna Chorich and Stefano Tsitsipas. I mean, what a match. So I was up I was up late watching this match, and it was a third set, or no, it was a fourth set, right? Two sets to one, Boss, and Boss was up a break, and I thought it was over, right? He was up like 5-4, maybe serving for the match, and I, or somewhere around there, and I was like, this match is over. He's dominating Bora Chorich. I wake up in the morning, Chorich has won, and Chorich has played really, really well this whole tournament, and the fact that he won that match, I was shocked, and the fact that he's still playing in the tournament, I'm a little bit shocked, um, but it's really cool to see guys like that really come into themselves here at the U.S. Open, like Alex de Manure, you know, like Denis Shapovalov. Um, I would say like Karina Busta, but Karina Busta kind of got a little lucky last round. Um, he played Djokovic last round, if you didn't know that. Um, but other than that, their Pospisil from Canada has played unreal this tournament. Obviously, he lost to Alex de Manure, but... He played so well. I mean, a couple five setters, 
No one knew he had it in him. They didn't know if his conditioning was there, his play was there. Boom. He made the fourth round. I mean, a Canadian feature. And the Canadians in this tournament, right? The Canadians in New York have really showed out. Denis Shapovalov, Felix ogier um, Milos Rayonic, Vesek Pospisil. I mean, these guys have really, really, really played well in this tournament. And I think it's something if you're a Can- if you're from Canada or you're a Canadian um, tennis fan, this is really, really something to be proud of. And um, I think he's they're only going to get better from here. And it's only a matter of time before they win a few Grand Slams and really get thing go- things going in Canada. I don't want to get too ahead of myself here, but Ash Barty will not be playing in the French Open, she announced, and I'm sure there's going to be a line of people who are going to say they're not playing in the French Open. I've heard, I have not confirmed, that there are going to be fans of the French Open, um, but I don't want to talk too much about the French Open right now because the greatest tournament in the world, in my opinion, is happening, the U.S. Open. Uh, If you haven't watched a lot of it, it's super easy to watch. Just put it in the background at home, right? You know, if you're working from home, you can watch TV all day anyway. Or if you're work, you know, if you're at work, put it in the background. It's great tennis to watch, and it's one of the best sports to watch right now, in my opinion, because it's so competitive. And they've really done a good job with the virtual fans in Arthur Ashe Stadium. They've really done a good job of, you know, not really showing a lot of the like the seats. Um, and so it really feels like you're watching a real U.S. Open, like you're watching a real match. You know, just like any other sport that's been on television during this pandemic they've really ESPN and all these you know Fox everybody that's done all these sports have really made it look like nothing's changed and that's actually awesome and it's really good for a fan to watch that and really get into it because I've been getting into a few of these matches really really excited I've been the edge of my seat and that's going to be it for this episode of Believe in the ATP Tour um thanks for listening if you want to sponsor reach out at believe.com um, you know, really now is the time to really get on this podcast. Um, we're going to have a couple really good guests going on. Uh, we're going to have a really good, uh, fall season here on Believe in the ATP Tour. And there's a lot, a lot of good things happening on this podcast and a lot of things to really look forward to going into the end of 2020 and hopefully a lot more tennis in 2021. Reach out to me at Jacob Sersosimo, C-E-R-S-O-S-I-M-O. And for now, watch the U.S. Open. Enjoy the U.S. Open. Stay safe, stay stay healthy, and take care of yourself and your family. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.